Man, what a good morning. You guys all doing well? Good day? A little sunshine today? You guys enjoy the, the, the rain? We had more rain than I think we had snow. It's kind of nice. I don't mind the snow in the mountains, but it's, uh, I'd rather have the snow in the mountains than down here. So rain down here, snow in the mountains. All right, we've got quite a bit to cover in a short amount of time. So Lord, thank you. <laughs> You're going to bring it however you want to bring it, Father. Uh, all right, let me just update you real quick on uh, Pastor JR and Yvonne. They are doing fantastic. For I know a lot of people have been asking uh, what's going on, how are they, and uh, they're doing great. They're actually in Mexico right now. Uh, they'll be in Mexico for the next two weeks, uh, living it up. So be praying for them because it's really rough right now. <laughs> uh, he, they will actually be here for Easter. So, uh, so we'll get to see him uh, Easter Sunday, and uh, or Saturday and Sunday, and then um, and then. Um, my dad, Pastor JR, he will be speaking uh, at the end of May. He comes back from his uh, trip with Leif Hetland. They're going to be in Pakistan. And then he'll be coming back and he'll be speaking in, at the end of the May. So I was telling the last service, I said, I had, to, I had to kick him out for a period of time here for his own good. You know, after 29 years of being the, uh, the pastor, it's like you kind of have to decompress. And, uh, and you can't really decompress when you're still in the same compression chamber. So he has to get out of the compression chamber so he can decompress. And uh, so um, he's been lovingly booted out for a short amount of time so that he can, he can go through that decompression and then come back and just, and just be relaxed and just uh, not, not worry about the, the things going on anymore. It's no longer his burden to carry. So um, it's not my burden to carry either, thank God. It's God's burden to carry. And uh, <laughs> it's funny. I was just thinking about it like... And I have to remind God all the time, like, God, I did not want this. This was not my plan. And so even when I'm up here, you know, I, I just pray, like, it is not, for me, it is not about the accolades. It is not about, like, trying to give you guys a good sermon. Uh, I love you guys, uh, but my heart is for God. And I'm going to speak the things that God puts on my heart. And so, uh, and, I, and I will do it without apology. So... I, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. So let me say it that way. But, but I love you guys. And here's the thing, even though I didn't ask for this, it is the best thing when you're in the place that God calls you to be. That is the best place you can be. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just ask the Father, am I in the place that God has called me to be? It doesn't have to be at the top. It doesn't have to be at the bottom. It has to be exactly where he's called you in this season for this time. And if you're in that place, you're in the best place that you can possibly be. That was just a side note there. Anyway. Um, oh, I wanted to just remind people as well. I've talked about this uh, probably a month or two ago, and I just said, hey, I want to encourage you as we we're talking about kingdom family and being a family to come early. Come to the service a little early and spend the time just getting to know the people here, getting to know the people that you're sitting next to. And, uh, and I'll tell you, it will bless you more than you can imagine. There's the people that I've talked to actually kind of took this challenge and, and have said, man, I started coming early and, 
and it's been so impactful. I've just, I've just got to talk with people and pray with people. Man, it's a great opportunity to give somebody an encouraging word or to, get, to receive an encouraging word. And you may be going through it and just to have somebody come up to you and just and talk to you and give you just an encouraging word. We are a family, right? Like the church is not the building and the pastors that are up here. The church is you guys. This is, this is the local body right here. And we are the body of Christ, but there is a local body. And, and what we do is we encourage each other. We exhort each other. We come alongside each other. And we become family with each other. And if we come in and just run into the service and hear the service and then everybody at the end, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, the rush out and everybody's out, we really miss out on a lot of what church is. Church is not singing songs and just singing songs and hearing a, hearing a message. It's also about community. It's about, it's about family. So I just want to encourage you guys uh, and gals to, uh, to come a little early. Try it out. And uh, just give yourself a little extra time. 15 minutes. Come 15 minutes early. But just spend that time. All right. One last thing I just want to mention is uh, we, Christy, my wife, and I, we put out something called the Weekly Advance. And uh, if you don't get it, make sure you sign up for it. Uh, but what it is is basically we try to recap and, and hit the highlight, a, a major point of what was spoken about in the last service, and so that you can kind of help re- remind you of the things that, that we're moving into. This isn't just random services. We don't get up here and just kind of pick a service or pick a topic and, and talk about it. We really press in uh, to what God has in this season for us as a church. And so I, it, when, I, when I sit here and I plan out um, this service for this morning, it is about pressing into the Father's heart, saying, God, what do you have for this week? I have no idea what I'm going to speak until that week. And it's, unfortunately, it's usually like midweek, end of week, before I really, before God begins to like really make it clear what I'm speaking on. Uh, but I want to encourage you in these weekly advances that go out, first of all, read them. Secondly, there's a challenge at the end. And this challenge, uh, there's a weekly challenge. And so I want to encourage you all to, to try to take that weekly challenge. And this is about not just getting head knowledge, not just getting an understanding of where we're going, but actually beginning to activate in it, beginning to, to move forward in it. And so uh, we have, actually, there's two Facebook pages, and in, in, saying in the last service, I can't believe I'm actually bringing up Facebook. But I am. And uh, we're going to use Facebook uh, to actually do some good here. Because <laughs> Facebook does a lot of other things which are so disruptive, but, but there are some good things that can come out of it. And so I want to encourage you, and we want to encourage you, and we're going to use Facebook to do it. And so there is a, there's the Rock page, and then there's also a page called uh, Mike and Christy Paul Hemus, and they're tied together. And what we're going to do is we, we put the weekly advance on there as well. And what we want you to do is comment on that. I think that's what you call it. It's not like it. It's actually commenting, yeah. So you're going to comment on it, like on the, on the challenge, and just say, this is what, you know, I did this, and this is how God moved, or this is what happened. And these are like, these are testimonies, but they're encouraging words to us as a body. And so as we begin to put these on there and encourage each other to step out and to do things and be bold and step out with courage, and, uh, and when you see somebody else do it, it's like, oh, yeah, I can do that too. So you guys up for that? You guys up for the challenge here? You guys up for the challenge, for the weekly challenge to respond to the challenge? Okay, good. Well, with that, let's move into this. Uh, so, 
last Sunday after church, I went home and, and uh, was having a nice conversation with my, my wife, and we were talking about, this, you know, it was the second week now of the spring break that we've had with the kids, and, uh, and they were getting a little stir-crazy, and basically my wife said, here's the deal. I'm going to take the kids, and I'm going to the mountains, and we're going to go up into the mountains, and you are more than welcome to come. <laughs> So I took that as, okay, I need to figure out a way to get up there to the mountains with the kids and the family here. Um, and so we were able to do it. I, I took off Tuesday afternoon and uh, went up, and we went skiing on Wednesday. And I haven't, we haven't taken the kids skiing in, uh, sadly enough, six years. And so our five-year-old has never been skiing. And our other two were two and four at the time uh, when they went. So... Uh, they don't remember it at all. But anyway, we had a, an awesome time. I think I've got, did you, oh, there's a picture. There we are. There's, well, actually, not me, but that's my wife and our three kiddos, uh, Aaliyah, Caitlin, and Riken. And uh, so this was really their first time on the mountain. So it was uh, quite an experience. We had a, we had a really fun time. And uh, so I'll tell you a little bit more about that as, as we go through here. But uh, this morning, I'm talking about the shepherd's voice. And it's, it's not just hearing the voice but it's actually learning to listen to the voice, to listen to the heartbeat of the Father. And so I have a, uh, let's put this slide up if you could, of just of hearing versus listening. I want to differentiate here between the two. I think it's important to understand. When just hearing, hearing is to physically experience the sense of sound. It takes zero effort to hear. As long as your ear, ears and your brain are capable of processing sound waves, one can hear. Listening, on the other hand, is deliberately applying the ability to hear. One who listens is thinking about what is heard, what it means, and how to respond. And this morning, what we're talking about is, is listening to the Father's voice, not just hearing, because there's a lot of sounds out there that you're going to hear. But it's actually being able to say, no, that's the Father's voice. I hear the Father's voice. I now begin to listen to the Father's voice. And I think a lot of us, including myself, we struggle in this area. And we go through life, and life gets pretty crazy. And, and then the difficult times come, and something, something's going down, and, and, uh, and we're now trying to figure it out. We're now trying to use every resource we have to figure it out. But what we're forgetting is that we have access to something that's far greater than any resource that we carry, and that's the Holy Spirit. And when we begin to, to partner with the Holy Spirit in these things, and, and we, can't, we can't wait until the, the uh, crisis hits. We have to begin to do it now. We got to start pressing in now. We got to learn how to, uh, to hear and understand and listen to the, to the Father's voice. Okay, so here's why well, let me just say, uh, when I was with the kids, and we're up skiing on the mountain, and, uh, you know, we started on just, it's called, we were at uh, Winter Park or Mary Jane's side, and it was Galloping Goose, and so we're back there. It's a real simple run, pretty flat run, and I'm teaching them how to, how to turn and so that when they get on the other runs, they can actually ski. But uh, uh, as we're going down, uh, there was a lot of yelling that was going on, and the yelling was coming from me. And it was me going, turn, turn, you know, snowplow, snowplow, you know, don't hit the tree, watch out for the tree, watch out for the tree. And, uh, and I know they were hearing me, 
But the thing was, is there was no listening going on at all. <laughs> and so this morning, as I've been trying to teach them, we're going to learn how to actually listen and not just hear. So when we hear the Father's voice, it's a, it's a lot different than actually listening to the Father's voice and, and understanding it. And here's why I believe this is important. I believe that we are moving, as I talked about earlier, we are moving from the wilderness, and not just we, the rock, we, the church, the body of Christ, nationally and internationally, we're seeing this across the nations, that we are moving, and this is a new season where we are moving from the wilderness into the promised land. It's a new promised land that we're moving into, and it's like something that we've never experienced before. It's a season in which the kingdom of heaven is creating a paradigm shift for the church. And a paradigm shift, again, this is a shift that we've never seen before. Just like Joshua talked about uh, in Joshua when they crossed over into the promised land. They said, we, have, we don't know where we're going. We've never been this way before. The only way we're going to know is as we follow the ark, as we follow the presence of God. We're going into something completely new. I'll give you just one prophetic word. Uh, Chuck Pierce, this was back in October of 16, and this one just resonated here. I just, uh, it's a good word. This was the summary of it. it, was basically the winds that have been stirring in heaven are now entering the earth. Pretty simple word, but there, as you begin to understand this and you tie this into a lot of the other words that are out there, just from the prophetic voices uh, that are kind of known as of today, we're seeing this similarity in everything that's being called out for this season. This, there is something about to happen here. We are about to hit a tipping point where we are not going to be going back. There is something new that we are moving into. And here's the key, is we need to be aware of these times. We need to be aware of the signs that are happening. Just like the sons of Issachar that were with David in Hebron, with the, with the armies as they came together. There were 200 sons. And these sons of Issachar, they understood the times. And it says they understood the times and they knew what to do. And in this season, it's so important that we first of all understand the times and secondly, that we know what to do. And that only comes from hearing the Father's voice. <clears throat> it does not come from our own wisdom. In Acts 2, 17 and 18, it says, In the last days, we have it up here, I think. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit, on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. How do we prophesy? What do we have to do in order to prophesy? Yeah, we have to listen. This is a season, this is the day where we are going to begin to see God move in greater ways, where he is going to be speaking and just at a greater level than we've ever experienced before, but it's going to require that we listen. There's, we've been in a season where we have been relying on kind of on the pastors 
and on some of the, the great speakers of this day. Uh, and this, this is not a bad thing to, you know, these podcasts that we, we listen to. Uh, there's a lot of great people out there. And I, I've encouraged you guys in the past. I think it's such a great thing to, to listen to these things, to hear um, the voices of, of those that are really pressing in uh, to the Father. I mean, you hear it from, from Bill Johnson and Chris Vallotton, and there's uh, Graham Cook and uh, Leif Hetland, who's been here. And uh, there's some of these people. There's the, and you know, there's different people like uh, different speakers. I mean, there's, uh, uh, there's Joseph Prince and there's Andy Stanley. There's, there's just, there's, but you've, you've got it. You know, you listen to these podcasts and you're like, oh, such a good word. Oh, such a good word. But here's the thing. If we're using that for our source of strengthening our spirit, we're missing out. That should be a far, far second, a supplement to the time that we're spending with the Father. We, it is our, and in this time, I believe it is our requirement, it is a necessity that we begin to focus on our time with the Father. That that becomes number one, above all the podcasts, above everything else, that we spend the time with the Father. And that's where we get the firsthand revelation. That's where we get the, the manna, which is, is not the, it's not day-old bread. It's, it's, it's today's manna. It's today's food for today. And when, we're, when we hear the revelation from one of these other people, it's great, but it's like a secondhand revelation. And how much better is it if we can receive the revelation that God has for us in this time? And you can hear it directly from the Father. You guys awake out there? <laughs> Awfully quiet. All right, I got to move quickly here. Goodness. Um, I'm going to have to skip through some of the stuff, but uh, I'll give you the, the gist of it. All right. So I've talked about this, and I've hammered this probably, I don't know, many times, how important it is to read the scriptures. This is kind of our roadmap here. But I will say this, this book does not give us a full understanding of who God is. And if we think it does, we're mistaken. But it is the word of God. But as you read in John 1, 1, who else is the word of God? Jesus is the word of God. And so, so I, I don't want to discount scripture because I think it is so important. Important. I read it on a daily basis. I, I want it in my heart. Uh, but there's, there's, there's more to it, and I'm, I'm going to explain here in a minute. But let me just say how important Scripture is first, and then I'm going to explain the other half of this. So in 2 Timothy 3.16, I think we have that up here, says, all Scripture is God-breathed. How much of the Scripture? All the Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that every man and woman, every one of us of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the purpose of the Scriptures. It's so important that we understand why do we have the Scripture? Why do we have this Word? It is, it is a vital part uh, of our walk with God, that we can go in. There are promises in here. Uh, there, are, there are things that we, we, can, we can put in our hearts. It says in Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. it says, I love this. It says, fix these words of mine in your heart and mind. This is God speaking. 
tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the doorframe of your, of your houses and on your gates. And what he's saying here is put the scripture everywhere and talk about it all the time. Have it on your hearts. Spend the time in the word. Get it in your heart. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word, it's a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. But here's, now here's the caution part, is that studying this scripture without the Holy Spirit leads to a lot of misinterpretation. It also leads to division. And I don't have to prove it other than I can show you how many denominations do we have out here? How many separations have we seen that have come over the past 2,000 years? I actually tried to look it up, and uh, <laughs> I have no idea, because depending on what, uh, what website you go to, it's anywhere from like 2,500 to 33,000. Uh, and so regardless, there are a lot of denominations out there. And the denominations, how do they form? They form because of a misinterpretation of the Word of God. Or in, in, in some cases, it's not even a misinterpretation. It's actually a correct interpretation, but they have a correct interpretation as well. And it's looking at it from two different perspectives. And yet there's still, there's a division that happens because of it. So I, this, is, this is such an important point to get right here. And I, I, I'm going to spend a little time on it. Our, our motto is unity in the essentials, liberty in the non-essentials, and love in all things. And we're going to kind of change it up a little bit and just add one small piece, which is, I believe, so important. It's unity in essentials, liberty in the non-essentials, and above all, love in all things. We do not break unity. We do not break relationship because of a disagreement in an area. And this is exactly what the enemy tries to do. He does it in the churches all the time. And we see people get injured in the church. We see people get hurt because they take a scripture and they actually use it against a person. You know, <laughs> I'll say even Satan is very good at using scripture. He knows this book better than any one of us here. And he will quote scripture and use it against us. And we need to be aware of it. Where did he do that? He did it with Jesus, of all people. When, he, when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was tempted for 40 days, and Satan brings him up to the top of the highest point on the temple, and he uses Psalm 91, and he quotes the scripture and basically tries to get him to commit suicide. Jesus, obviously, he came back with Scripture as well. But here's the thing. We have to be aware that the enemy uses Scripture. And so when we, when we see it, and we see it in the church, and I believe what it is is it's the enemy is, is actually coming in and is using Scripture, and we're misunderstanding it, or we have a misinterpretation of it, and we use it to, to divide something or to drive someone from the church. 
and to break unity. And so I want to challenge you guys to be very cautious, to not think that we have it all figured out. I guarantee none of us have it figured out. One, because it's not all in here. <laughs> you guys are questioning me and going, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm going to prove it to you in a minute. Uh, but I want to read something here first. This is important. Chris Vallotton, he wrote this book called Heavy Rain. And, and uh, I'm going to read just an excerpt from it here on page 27. It says, I was lying on the floor and praying one morning when the Lord spoke to me so clearly that it stunned me. He said, there is a new epic season emerging in this hour, much like the Protestant Reformation. There is another Reformation coming that will unearth the very foundation of Christianity. This move of the Spirit will absolutely redefine your ideologies and your philosophies concerning what the church is and how she should function. So I asked him, what will this transition look like? He said, my church is moving from denominationalism, blah, 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 denominationalism to apostleships. Moving from denominationalisms to apostleships. Apostleships is a commissioning from God. It's not based on giftings. It's based on a calling. That's not in here. That's just me. <laughs> Goes on to say, I actually had no idea what he was talking about. So I asked him what the difference was between denominationalism and apostleships. He explained to me that in denominationalism, believers gather around doctrinal agreement and divide when they disagree. In apostleships, believers rally around fathers, mothers, and families. This is the new structure. This is what we're moving into. This is what we've been talking about with the kingdom family. It's not about a division anymore. It's about coming together. It's about rallying around the fathers and the mothers and families. Let me just, I'm going to read the second part here. It says, the Lord also told me, I am about to open up the vaults of heaven and reveal depths of my glory that have never before been understood or seen or understood by any living creature. He explained that the glory was going to be revealed to and through his church in only what can be called a new epic season. Then he stated, if I pour out the new revelation into the wineskins of denominationalism, it will rip the wineskin and the wine will be lost. Yeah. We are moving into a new season where this denominationalism is actually, he goes on to talk about how this is a demonic thing. This, there's there's a, demon, a demonic piece to this. It's not about breaking the unity. Jesus called us to be one church, not to be separated into different, into different churches. He said uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, and now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you are a part of it. I want to show you, uh, if you can just go to the cartoons there, I want to show you something. A lot of times we look at things and we think it's an either or. We think this is the way it is. But I want to show you that sometimes it's not an either or. It can be a both and. 
And it's kind of like if I, if I describe my house and I describe it from the front side and I say, here's the garage, there's a garage here and a door, a red door here, and, uh, and the windows are up here, and this is, this is how it's laid out. And you drive by the house, but you drive by the back of the house and you go, well, that's not the house. This house doesn't have a garage door and a red, or a garage door over here and a, and a red door here. Uh, I just see like, a, I see a walkout basement and it, you're, you're seeing the other side of the house, but it's the same house. In the same way, when we look at Scripture, a lot of times we see things from our perspective. We see things through, through a certain lens. And so I want to caution you to be very careful about thinking that you're right. And you may be right, but there may be also another right. Look at these. Uh, I've got two cartoons here. I'm going to skip over the pictures, but you can go to the cartoon. So here it is. What's your perspective? You guys see that there? Got one guy saying, oh, there's a boat <laughs> stuck on an island, and the other guy saying, oh, there's land. So yeah, so here, different perspective. They're both in trouble at the end of the day. If you go to the second one here. This is interesting. And I love this, the quote at the top here. It says, reality can be so complex that equally valid observations from differing perspectives can appear to be contradictory. Take a look from the left-hand side, and then take a look from the right-hand side. How many, how many are there? Yeah. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> see? Three, four, seven. We got all sorts of different answers there. You guys get the point? Okay. Here's the crux of the message here. How do we hear the shepherd's voice? We can memorize the entire Bible and yet not know who our father is. The Pharisees knew the scriptures better than anyone else in that time when Jesus was on earth. And who killed Jesus? Isn't it crazy that the ones who understood the scriptures, who knew the scriptures the most, were the ones that killed the word of God? In John 14, 26, it says this, I think we have it up here. The counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Does it say the, the scriptures? Does it say the angels? Does it, say, does it say that we together will figure it out? What does it say? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. This is the key. Read, if you can put up the second one as well, which ties right into it, uh, John 16, 13. It says, but when the Spirit of truth comes, and this is the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. Now, the Scripture is great, and, and the Holy Spirit uses the Scripture. This is, when you have Spirit and truth together, it's awesome. When you have the Word and you don't have the Spirit, it brings death. It says the letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. So we have to be very careful. It is the Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth. And if you can push that, put that back up one more time. There's another cool part to this here. Uh, 
It says he will not speak on his own. He only speaks what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. Is that pretty cool? He's going to tell us. It's the Holy Spirit that tells us what is yet to come. It says, and he will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. So this is the key. It is the Holy Spirit. When we begin to understand that it is all about, it's listening to the Holy Spirit. And let me say, uh, Sean Bowles, when he was out here, this guy hears God better than anyone I know. I mean, he can, he can pick somebody out and tell them their social security number and where they live and who they're married to and, uh, I mean, and their kids' names. And I mean, it's crazy. And I, as I, I, I talked to him at lunch one of, the times, one of the days that he was out here, and I, I just asked him, I said, how do you hear so clearly? And he said, well, it's not something that, it, that happened overnight. He says, it's like, it's like listening to a foreign language. And he says, at first, you get nothing. And it's just this, like, blah, 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 blah. And then you begin to pick out a word. You go, ah, I got that word. And there's one word. So you begin to you use that word. And as you be- continue to listen and continue to listen, now you pick up two or three words. And then all of a sudden, now you can make a sentence out of it. And it, it, it's, and it, it comes with time. It comes as you press into it, as you begin to learn this, that you begin to understand, oh, now I know how to hear the Father's voice. So don't expect that as we do this, like all of a sudden it's just going to be snap and you just, you've got it. It's pressing in and it's learning how to hear the Father's voice. It's renewing our minds on a daily basis. And as we renew our minds, as we get into the scripture and as we, as we spend time with the Holy Spirit, and this can be just through soaking, it can be just sitting and, and worshiping or just listening to the Father. We're going to be practicing this through the through the month of April here on Wednesday nights, we're going to just spend some time. All we're going to do is worship and pray and just listen to the Father. It's going to be a, just an awesome time of really pressing in because this is, this is really the crux of it. I mean, you guys can get, I, you can sit there and I can just da-da-da-da-da-da-da and talk all, all day long. But it's the Holy Spirit that brings the promptings. That, and there might be something I say and then the Holy Spirit quickens you in something. But it's the Holy Spirit. And we got to realize that it is all about the Holy Spirit. It is, this, is, this is who will teach us and bring us into all things. You guys got that? Okay. Ah, let me just finish with this here. I just... Uh, let me say this. God is always speaking. It's kind of like the radio. There's always, it's always transmitting. It's just a matter of are we tuned in and are we tuned into the right channel? It's just a simple way to look at it is we just have to begin to tune in to the channel. But he is always speaking. We can click the radio off and go, well, I don't hear the radio, so it's, it's not on. It's still on. There's, there's still a transmission that's happening. We just aren't tuned in. And as we begin to tune in more, we begin to hear hear the, just the, the quickening of the Holy Spirit on a moment-by-moment basis. And this is not like a, an audible thing. This is just a, a quiet, still voice. It's, a lot of times it's just a prompting, just a prompting in our spirit. And it comes from the spirit. It doesn't typically come. It's not something that you hear in your mind. It comes from your spirit. But there's sometimes, too, where it may come from someone else. It may come from someone else in the body. 
just getting a, a word, a prophetic word, an encouraging word for you. So there's a lot of different ways you can hear uh, from the Father, but, but learning to hear for yourself is so important, especially in this season. So I just encourage you guys to press in in this season. You know, I'm going to go back just on the story of with my kids. When I took them uh, up on the mountain, so I was telling you, you know, we're going down the, the Galloping Goose, which is just this pretty flat run, and there's not a whole lot to it. And so, so they thought they had this down pretty good. They didn't realize that the mountain actually gets a little steeper. And uh, so at the end of the day, I was like, hey, why don't, we, why don't we take a trip and go up the mountain here? So if you guys know Mary Jane, um, I wasn't very smart, and I actually I took them up the Challenger lift, which there's really no easy way to get down. This is their first time skiing ever. It's really just kind of black diamonds and some blue blacks, and uh, we kind of had to trek over and found a blue. But, uh, but uh, at the top of the mountain, here they were, and, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, you see their eyes go like this, like, well, this isn't the galloping goose. <laughs> and this is straight down. And my daughter, who was 10 years old, she was there, and she goes, Dad, I am not going down that mountain. That is way too steep. <laughs> I said, honey, you are going to go down that mountain because we are not just staying up here. And uh, Reich and my eight-year-old, he was like, okay, I can do this. And he starts going down the mountain and then uh, starts crashing right and left because he wasn't, he wasn't listening to me like I had said earlier. He heard me, but he was not listening. And he didn't realize that turning actually slows you down. So he's, he's going down. He's just He's biting it and biting it and biting it. And so finally, he's like, I quit. I'm done. <laughs> Here's the thing. And this is what God was showing me. He's like, you know, in the same way with my kids, I didn't pick them up and carry them down the mountain. What I did is I began to just talk to them. And I skied alongside them. I said, here's what you got to do. You're going to turn to the left, and it's going to slow you down. You're going to turn into the mountain. You're going to turn to the right. It's going to slow you down. You can snowplow. As you make your turns, you're going to snowplow. And they begin to get it. They begin to understand. And I didn't pull them out. And here's the thing, is I see a lot of times for us, we're in situations where, where we're trying to go down the mountain, and we're looking at this thing, and we're like, God, get me out of here. I'm done. I quit. I can't do this any longer. And he's not, he's not going to pull us out of the situation. We need to stop focusing on trying to get out of the situation. And we need to start focusing on how God's going to bring us through the situation. And he's only going to do it as we hear his voice, as we listen to his voice. And so we need to become good listeners. We need to press in. We need to hear the heartbeat of the Father. And it's not listening to someone else over here tell us how to do it or someone else over here tell us how to do it. We need to hear directly from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, just to clarify, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God who understands, in 1 Corinthians it talks about this, the Holy Spirit understands the deep things of the Father and reveals them to us. And so what better way, if we have the Holy Spirit, to have that revelation, to have that understanding of the deep thoughts of the Father? All right. And here's the thing. John 10, 10 says it this way. It says, I desire that you will have life and that you will have it more abundantly. God desires in our lives that we will have life and have it more abundantly. We need to understand that we have a father that absolutely is crazy about us. 
just like I'm crazy about my kids, so crazy that I'm not going to pick them up and carry them down the mountain, but I'm going to teach them how to get down the mountain. So the next time they come up, they know how to get down on their own. They may need a few more tips and things, but next time, they've got the tools. They can do this because they've been trained. They have an understanding. They've heard from the Father how to get down the mountain. 